At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we share the journey of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hi guys, welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast. Now before we begin with today's episode, a few quick housekeeping chores to address. Firstly, a big shout out to some of our listeners who have been taking the time out to write to us, either through emails or reviews on iTunes or uh, through social media handles or through your podcast apps. Thank you so much. Uh, we really, really appreciate this gesture. I'd just like to call out a few of those names. Shubhi Rai, Karthik Ram, Akbar Basha, Akash Gupta, Manoj Gaud, Harsh Trivedi, Ninaura, Naga and Nick. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for all the love and support. Secondly, we are now ready to announce the winners of the contest we ran a couple of weeks ago to celebrate our anniversary episode featuring Shivya Nath. And the winners are Abhinav Kaushik, Megha Diora and Rohan Shetty. A big, big congratulations to all the winners on uh, winning yourself a copy of Shivya's bestseller, The Shooting Star. You will hear from us shortly, so keep an eye out on your inbox. Now, as for today's episode, we have with us the multi-talented Meenakshi Param, a traveler, a travel blogger, a teacher, a super mom and an Air Force wife. So buckle up as we head out to a new destination with Meenakshi. So with that introduction, I'd like to welcome Meenakshi Param from the blog polkajunction.com. Meenakshi, thank you so much for being a part of the Musafir Stories and welcome to the podcast. Hi Meenakshi, welcome to the Musafir Stories. Thanks a lot, it's my pleasure to be here on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you and I'm so glad that we're able to do this interview because unfortunately, I think due to some circumstances <laughs> or the other, we've, we this kept getting pushed. So yay, we're finally doing yeah, it. Yeah, let's term it as jinxed, okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're right now unjinxing it, I hope. <laughs> yeah, now we're breaking the jinx now. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, actually the introduction I gave about you is uh, very, very short and concise uh, mm-hmm. because there's so much more that you do um, apart from traveling as well and uh, Paul Conjunction, of course. Tell us and our listeners a little bit more about uh, yourself, about Meenakshi and also about your travel journey. How did, um, how do you get to this point being a traveler, travel blogger along with the other things you're doing? Ah, sure. I started off uh, working for Microsoft as a product support um, mentor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moved on to GE and then uh, I had to uh, uh, give a break to my career because uh, I was marrying an Air Force officer. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had to, uh, act- and we were actually posted to a very remote uh, village or uh, should I call a town called Suratgarh, which which was near the Rajasthan uh, the, the Rajasthan and Pakistan border as such. Oh my God, okay. Uh, so okay. that's when I had to um, give up my career and then, you know, the kid happened and then a mother motherhood took a priority over other things. Okay. 
Okay. So meanwhile, I was trying to hone my skills uh, by, you know, doing my post-graduation, doing uh, a beard. Now that the kiddo is uh, in his teens, oh, uh, I, have <laughs> I have restarted my career. Uh, I took up a job as a lecturer uh, okay. because the, the, the principal at Sacred Heart Convent, Dalhousie, wanted me to uh, pitch in since um, uh, the board exams of the uh, the, the, the 12th grade uh, Students were coming up and uh, they were in dire need of a teacher or a lecturer. Okay. Yeah, so that is how I happened to be a lecturer. So I'm more of an accidental teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was like God's plan for you, yeah. Yeah, because uh, since childhood, I have always hated to be... uh, I never ever want to be a teacher (laughs) because my my home is like filled with academicians and educators, so... Uh, I sort of wanted to break the, you know, the glass ceiling and actually take up something else. Uh, so it was one of my students who actually, uh, who wanted me to uh, start a blog. She was like, ma'am, um, uh, you make uh, uh, stories sound so convincing. So uh, why don't you start a blog? Oh, wonderful. Huh? <laughs> I started off with book reviews. Then I thought uh, I should also add uh, travel into it because I had been, you know, out of uh, the so-called Fauji trunks. For the last 14 years. Uh, And I have been to so many places. My dad was in the railway. So uh, travel has always been there in our family. Wonderful. That's really nice to know, Minakshi, about your journey, about how you started blogging and how everything fell into place. Yeah, Yeah. from accidental teacher to accidental blogger also. I mean, in one way, if you look at it, uh, it was perhaps because of teaching that you also started blogging, right? You said uh, because one of your students suggested you start a blog. So um, (laughs) either way, we're very glad that uh, you're doing this. And uh, uh, we wanted to share um, some of these wonderful stories with our listeners too. We're equally excited about the place you're going to uh, speak about too today because uh, it seems like the foundation for um, your blogging uh, started from there, uh, which is Dalhousie, yeah. as you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um, tell us a little bit more uh, for um, for the some of us who haven't been to Dalhousie. Uh, draw it out for us in terms of um, its orientation, or like uh, geographically, uh, where does Dalhousie fall, and uh, when's a good time to visit there, Meenakshi? Uh, since Dalhousie is very close to my heart, I would definitely talk about it more than you actually want me to. <laughs> <laughs> we are all yours, yeah. Uh, Dalhousie actually falls in the lower ranges of the Himalayas, at the footsteps of Dauladas, uh, facing the majestic Pir Panjal ranges of Punjab. Right. Okay. So the the whole area is is the low, lower Himalayan ranges. Unlike the other uh, hill stations like Shimla or Manali, which is quite famous mm-hmm. in the tourist circuits. Uh, Dalhousie is often ignored, maybe because uh, it doesn't offer much to uh, shopaholics. Okay. It's a very sleepy town. It's a very sluggish and small and sleepy town, unlike a Shimla or a Manali. Uh, so the very first time I actually heard about Dalhousie, I couldn't believe that the place witnesses heavy snowfall. Because uh, as a South Indian, I have always heard about Shimla or Manali. I have never heard about uh, any other hill stations like Kasoli or Dalhousie. Okay, so uh, when the posting orders actually came, we were in the Thar. De- we were posted in, in the Thar Desert. So oh. it, it, it sounded very cool in the yeah. literal sense. Yeah. <laughs> like a drastic uh, change. Yeah, yeah. A drastic change of uh, the terrain as as well as well as climate. Yeah. So and it came just post the summer season. No. Sounded really good to our ears when we were told that we are being posted to Dalhousie. So. Uh, as we usually go on our postings, mm-hmm. uh, we took to the road. We were on a road trip. 
from the Thar Desert to Dalhousie. Probably calls for making of a movie, I think, uh, from Thar to Dalhousie. I know. <laughs> uh, that's a good title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really dreamy. Yeah. Yeah, very dreamy. And there is another snippet about, uh, or a tidbit about uh, uh, Dalhousie is, uh, this particular place was shown as uh, Sikkim uh, in Dilse movie. Oh, really? Okay. okay. This is interesting. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the structure or the uh, or the building which uh, served as the All India Radio Station. Remember, Shadow right. was yeah. right. That is where I worked, and that is where I was taking classes. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. That's super interesting. Uh, because uh, what is this? What um, a Sacred Heart Convent? You saying? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, because I I tried to do a little bit of research on my end, and uh, the only thing I could. Um, find out from it is that uh, i think parts of a song from um, which is this gadar i think uh, was so was shot in uh, sacred heart is all i could find but uh, yeah Dil- dilsesa uh, is like a complete revelation to me yeah that that's the you know best kept secret of uh, i'm a big maniratnam fan so that's how i somehow got to know and i have oh. been silently you know uh, visiting all the places shown in his movies <laughs> <laughs> There are two, uh, three buildings of uh, Sacred Heart Convent. Mm-hmm. So the heritage structure is where the movie was shot. That is how it happened. So um, this particular uh, hill station is uh, famous as you know film locations, and uh, <clears throat> majorly it's the, the the Punjabi crowd which lands here over the weekends. You may actually not find those international tourists loitering here. It's more of the local tourists who come over to Dalhousie. Okay. Okay. And how far of a journey is mm-hmm. it from if you're leaving from Punjab somewhere around Punjab? Okay, the nearest railway station is at Patan Court. So it's like a three-hour journey from Patan Court. Okay. Well, that's good. So okay. from Dalhousie, you can actually go over to uh, Dharamshala as well. So the nearest uh, airport is at Dharamshala. Oh, all right. Okay. Okay. Yes. And then, you know, actually, also in uh, terms of a good time to visit here, right? Uh, given that it also gets some snow and all of that, uh, what would you suggest for somebody who's visiting Dalhousie? When is a good time to visit there? Well, uh, since I have lived there for two years, I can very well uh, vouch for this particular fact that this place is really good throughout the year. Oh, nice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Even on my blog, there is a particular blog post where I've mentioned the, the special months in which somebody can visit. And by the end of the post, I realize that I have already covered all the 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because from December to March, it is the snowfall season. And post that, you have uh, these uh, blooming flowers and the place is filled with butterflies. You have to... It is like, you know, you try to wade your way through the butterflies, okay, which not many actually know. They think it's like, uh, I mean, it is a mini version of the Valley of Flowers. Right, right. And then, of course, hills, uh, it being a hill station, the summers are beautiful again. And then the, the monsoons uh, create uh, mesmerizing, you know, colors mm. over the mountain ranges. So, uh, I guess we have covered all the seasons. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect all throughout. Yeah. yeah, dream destination in a real sense then. Yeah. Yeah, but then, uh, as I said, it's for people who who want uh, some peace, some calmness, who do not want to do anything else apart from, you know, lazing around, just go, going for treks, going for walk. Okay, and there is there is a saying in these hills that walking is a fashion. So, that is the only thing you can actually indulge in, in nature. Right. Right, yep. nature, absolutely. Yeah, there are no, uh, you know, branded uh, hi-fi malls or whatever here. So if somebody is coming here for shopping, they would definitely be disappointed. 
if you really want to indulge and fall in love with nature again then this is the place wonderful wonderful, wonderful. Nice and uh, thank you so yeah. much for uh, calling that out and uh, laying this out so nicely right at the beginning uh, but one other thing that i also wanted to touch upon that i felt was special about dalhousie was that uh, the colonial influence um, the, on dalhousie right um, mm-hmm. and actually that's also something that's uh, very in some ways unique to dalhousie compared to a few of these other places that you mentioned right so do you want to touch upon that a little bit as well the history uh, of the britishers coming here as well Ah sure well uh, the, the the word dalhousie itself uh, will definitely remind uh, the listeners about lord dalhousie right mm-hmm. this was discovered okay more than 160 years ago so there was this uh, this particular person called dr blemenger of the army the infantry who supposedly trekked to the peer panjal ranges uh, these uh, the, the british always were on a lookout for cooler uh, climate that is how he stumbled upon this particular place they wanted to create a uh, you know a sanatorium for their soldiers for the ailing soldiers so that they could recover fast so dalhousie was actually the, the whole cantonment in dalhousie was created as a sanatorium in the first place it was never a you know a proper touristy hill station unlike a shimla or manali it was more of a sanatorium patients came here for a recovery okay yeah. nice and i think it would have been like a perfect place among the hills yeah so this idea of a retreat it was given by engineer robert napier if someone is a history buff in our uh, i mean among our listeners uh, they would surely associate uh, robert napier with lucknow mutiny oh, okay he's okay. the same robert napier who was mm-hmm. involved in the mutiny at lucknow okay mm-hmm. Okay, okay since lord dalhousie had actually sanctioned the amount uh, for this particular area of a retreat this uh, this place was named after him okay okay, okay. so okay. it was more like a bribe okay <laughs> now that you have given me money let me name yeah. this place after you after you right okay right. so <laughs> uh, because uh, there is no a- actual connection between dalhousie uh, lord dalhousie and this particular place otherwise okay because Uh, when this this particular area was created as a retreat he was somewhere in the east he was actually the governor of bengal at that time oh okay <laughs> and uh, the record says that he mm. actually never made it to this particular hill station because of the oh distance Lord. from bengal <laughs> that is so sad <laughs> oh ironic yeah <laughs> uh, but not many know about this many think okay lord dalhousie must have visited this place but he actually right, never right. visited this place Oh, that's a nice information. <laughs> I think it just drives down the point that uh, even back in the day, money and influence could uh, buy you anything, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, any, any, anything. Yeah, and he never actually traveled. See, Dalhousie as such consists of five hills. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like okay. Batur, Katlag, Portrain, uh, Tehra, uh, which is also known as Moti Tibba and Bakrota. So these are like five hills which constitutes okay. the whole Dalhousie town as such. Okay, okay. So this was under uh, under the control of the Raja of Chamba at that time. Oh, okay. So um, they had actually paid uh, rupees twelve thousand in those days. Okay, I'm talking oh. about yeah in eighteen fifty four. Oh Lord, okay, twelve thousand a big amount. Yeah, <laughs> a big amount. Yeah. So yeah. so he was uh, for a year. It was like twelve thousand was paid to Raja Sri Singh of Chamba. And that is how this uh, these five hills were taken over for this project of a sanatorium. So that is how Dalhousie came into being. No, oh, wonderful, mm, that's wonderful. nice to and, know. And uh, again, thank you so much for uh, sprinkling with these um, historically significant points and little snippets. 
மீனாட்சி <laughs> the first day ideally has to be devoted to acclimatization okay, okay. owing to right. the altitude of dalhousie okay mm-hmm. okay yeah i think uh, as a, uh, perhaps your blog also mentions this is like between 6 and 9000 feet above yeah. sea level right so this mm-hmm. is this is a kind of a place that needs acclimatization or you risk falling sick uh, falling a victim to ams and things like that maybe not as acute as uh, being up in the himalayas you're still at the foothills but still acclimatization is definitely uh, yes, recommended yeah. before yeah. you get out and start uh, exploring right yeah 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 so uh, maybe half a day goes in acclimatization and then you know uh, the second half could be dedicated to visiting those churches and roaming around the uh, the thandi sadak and the garam sadak Um, okay interesting what is that <laughs> <laughs> um, okay these two are nothing but strip of road uh, around the hill called moti tibba mm-hmm. okay okay uh, so there there were two hills and this goes like uh, in the shape of eight around these two hills so we actually lived uh, our uh, house was on moti tibba and uh, my school was on the other uh, hill so if i had to uh, you know uh, walk to the school then i had to take a uh i had to uh, actually walk in the fashion of 8 the number <laughs> numeral 8 <eight>. so <laughs> okay. it looks actually uh, aerially it looks like a 8 so maybe you know visit uh, you can actually visit even the dalhousie uh, the the sorry the sacred heart convent there's there's a chapel over there which is supposedly a very old chapel okay it's more than a 100 year old chapel so uh, you can take special permission to visit that as well um there are a couple of churches like the st john's church Uh, which was established in 1863 then apart from this uh, you can walk around the tandi and the uh, garam sadak uh, it's named so because there's hardly uh, any sunlight on the tandi sadak hence it oh. always remains cold so it is cold tandi. okay <laughs> and uh, when there is a sunset or a sunrise the sunlight falls on the garam sadak and it is quite warm so you have this small uh, uh food joints and you know uh, the boutiques uh, around oh, these two okay. uh, roads mm-hmm. apart from this there is a tibetan market where you can actually okay. indulge in some shopping basically these are places which uh, these markets cater to the local people so basically mm-hmm. these markets the gandhi chowk or uh, the subhash chowk all these markets cater to the local people okay Okay. So that way it's not your uh, touristy touristy kind of a place right uh, this is more functional in that aspect Exactly uh, but then you know the the, the weekends are like uh, too busy the roads get choked there are traffic jams everywhere because Dalhousie is home to many uh, boarding schools Mhm oh, okay Okay so uh, most of the, the families in Punjab send their children over here so all these roads get choked because the parents come visiting uh, the children right, right. during the weekends mm-hmm. yeah and i think um, this is one issue um, with a lot of uh, hill stations also right uh, because i mean 
they built that way a little extra inflow of traffic can uh, lead to traffic jams um but yeah at least i'm uh, glad that uh, say compared to shimla or manali this is still not that touristy yet and for somebody looking to uh, come and have like a, a really laid back and relaxing time in the lap of nature in one way uh, i think dalhousie serves as that uh, perfect retreat Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So wonderful. I think you did touch upon a few places here and uh, what I also wanted to ask is um, about the architecture of the place, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Given that we spoke about the colonial influence as well. Even that might be something that's a little different, right? Um, compared to say the neighboring places that you mentioned with the British influence on the on these places? Uh, yes. Like for example, uh, of course, uh, since uh, the British uh, uh, were uh, themselves Europeans, you have a European uh, architecture uh, you know mm-hmm. around Dalhousie right. apart from this uh, you have the himachali you know homes uh, with those uh, slated roofs stuff that made of mud and all uh, it's like any other himachal town or village so there are uh-huh. uh, more than 200 villages around uh, Dalhousie so oh, wow. uh, uh, so when you actually stand on a peak either Dianecourt or Dalhousie, when you look down, you actually find the small hamlets around, so which have the Himachali architecture. Okay. Uh, apart from which, uh, the, the, the Sacred Heart Convent is actually run by Belgium nuns. Mm, okay. Okay. So you have that architecture as well when you uh, enter the campus. So each one, um, and of course, nowadays you have the contemporary architecture as well. which is quite different from the other uh, style of architecture so it's 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 actually a good melange of you know a lot of architecture wonderful wonderful yeah because that is something that stood out as well and uh, yeah talking about the <clears throat> different kind of people also right it's um, in one way it's a very unique confluence also of uh, both himachali as well as um, Tibetan and uh, even Buddhist people here right so that way i think um, that kind of adds to to uh, everything right from the architecture to uh, the food choices you have to a number of uh, different things even shopping for that matter right yeah yeah absolutely apart from uh, you know um, you talked about the himachalis and the the tibetan you also have a substantial Bengal, uh, bengali population here surprisingly mm. right 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 rabindranath tagore and subhash chandra bose had visited this particular place so there is there is a bengal connect to dalhousie as well even though lord dalhousie never made it there were enough bengalis who actually live here and have made it before as well <laughs> yeah okay. so the distance was not really a reason right <laughs> yeah not not really a reason remember i was talking about those five hills before right yeah okay so one of those hills is bakrota and mm-hmm. um, rabindranath tagore had actually lived with his father in uh, one of the houses on those hills on on bakrota hill okay so um, one can actually visit that place as well and uh, just below the bakrota hill there goes a, a trail or a trek towards a village called karelu and that is where you have the subhash bauli now uh, it it is said that uh, subhash chandra bose had tuberculosis and remember i was ta- i was uh, talking about dalhousie as a sanatorium Okay so he had visited this place uh, so that he could recover and heal so it is said that uh, subhash chandra bose was um, uh, actually used to drink water from a particular well right. uh, because of which he got uh, completely recovered from tuberculosis so that particular uh, place yeah. 
that particular place has been modified and now there is a tap running uh, with water out of it and that is known as the subash bogli okay yeah so uh, yeah basically for uh, people who don't really uh, speak i guess hindi as their native language bogli is a well right hindi word a well uh, yeah well. a well so uh, mm-hmm. yeah a very interesting fact there about the bengal connection and uh, um, yeah i did read up um, like you've also mentioned in your blog about um, rabindranath tagore uh, actually mentioning this um, in his book all so right mm-hmm. um, about uh, how fondly he looked back uh, at the time he spent there as a kid along with his father and uh, he kind of paints a really beautiful and um, dreamy picture it almost feels like you're into a novel right the way he's exactly. written about it mm-hmm. and the kind of experiences he had living there the different places and uh, uh, the beautiful landscapes i mean we haven't um, spoken a lot about it but um, that's one of the i guess strong points of dalhousie also right uh, the beautiful beautiful landscapes and the valleys and the uh, pines and the deodars as you mentioned all of that and the yeah gone There's this place called Kajiar. I mean, it is known as the uh, mini Switzerland. You know, yeah. it has been tagged or given a tag as the mini Switzerland. Though I wouldn't like to use that word of mini Switzerland because India has got its own beauty. We yeah. need not keep comparing it with you know other countries and other places. Uh, it is like a saucer-shaped meadow surrounded by the hills, and it's beautiful just after snowfall and even otherwise. the whole place looks really majestic and uh, i guess that is the reason why it was chosen as the perfect place for a sanatorium in the first place you know it, it is a perfect escape from the mundane the, the daily routine which grind which we are put through yeah but, um, but interestingly most of the uh, people in dalhousie escape to dharamshala <laughs> the, the local oh people of dalhousie usually escape during the weekends to dharamshala and other places because uh, they they get so bored of seeing the same hills again and again mm-hmm. so uh-huh. uh, they would like to have a change of terrain so they they end up in other hill stations Yeah, I guess I guess it was for a good reason that somebody uh, came up with the saying uh, that the grass is always greener on other the other side. side. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lovely, lovely. So thank you for uh, painting out um, the beautiful picture of um, the landscapes also, and uh, a few good mentions about, um, say, for example, Kajiar also, right? Um, as mm-hmm. the places in the vicinity that one can visit and uh, uh, take advantage of, uh, um, and any any other, um, say, treks or something that uh, one can indulge in. Minakshi, uh, while one is at Dalhousie, uh, the most famous is the Dyankund trek. Okay. Dyankund is famous uh, because you actually get a 360 degree view of the whole valley, and you can actually get a glimpse of the Pir Panjal as well as the Dauladars. And there is this um, a very famous temple known as the Poloni Mata Temple. So uh, usually the local people and the tourists flock over to this particular temple. And in in terms of uh, say distance from Dalhousie, how far is this? Uh, it's around 15 kilometers uh, okay. uphill. Uphill. I'm talking about uh, from you know the actual center of Dalhousie. The, from the bus stand of Dalhousie, it is around 15 kilometers. Okay. And then, uh, as far as the trek in itself is concerned, um, uh, how much of a trek is it? Well, there are various uh, routes. Okay. Different uh, so, trails. Yeah. yeah, there are various trails. Um, you can actually come from uh, Kala Top. You can actually go through Bakrota Hill. So it depends on which trail you're taking. Okay. And quite an interesting name, also, Nominakshi. What the? I mean, is there any story behind the name, the Dainkun name? <laughs> uh, okay, see, uh, so, uh, I mean, it's a folklore. Okay, so okay. supposedly there was a witch who was uh, troubling the local people around these oh, hills. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Dine. Okay. So Dain okay. is witch. 
she was actually staying in a kund a pond so the poloni mata the, the goddess uh, was a savior she vanquished this particular uh, witch inside the uh, inside the kund itself oh okay uh, that's the name and that's what is it is known as daikun so this particular the, the kund area is uh, uh, is out of bounds it is not okay. for general public uh, it comes under the air force area oh, wonderful <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so we did manage to trek till there though we were a bit skeptical about going there Um, why is that <laughs> because of uh, lots of beliefs of the local people they uh, they asked us not to go uh, post sunset they said you know the witch uh, there might be other witches over there and stuff like that and they said that that particular kund is haunted oh lord <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then uh, i'm glad that we took that trek because the view it offers is spellbinding Uh, because you get to see all the three rivers uh, which flow through the punjab plains from there so that's like an aerial view of the three rivers flowing uh, majestically over the punjab plains so that is one trek uh, though it is prohibited but if you get a chance you should indulge in that particular view definitely looks like uh, i mean uh, sounds like something that uh, is really really worth doing right especially if you're getting that kind of a view where uh, you can see uh, literally the three rivers of punjab right that's across the state right <laughs> yeah yeah especially during the sunset it's beautiful so yeah and uh, this particular temp- so the, uh, as I, i was talking about the goddess uh, she has her own abode known as the poloni mata temple from where devotees can get a glimpse of the mani mahesh parvat now mani mahesh is supposedly a state pilgrimage center or uh, it's a pilgrimage which, ha- which happens in the months of september and october in himachal so a, lo- a lot of devotees actually uh, flock in to have a glimpse of mani mahesh it is equivalent to kailash mansarovar yatra so one can actually get a glimpse of that particular uh, mani mahesh peak from the poloni mata temple you need to go and stand behind the um, the temple structure because otherwise we will not be able to recognize the particular peak so once you go behind the temple structure there is a small arrow uh, which points out to that particular peak saying mani mahesh parvat so that is the point from where you can actually view the exact peak and it is quite a tricky uh, trek one needs to be very careful because uh, uh, the si- you do not have much help or any security measures over there and and the mountain uh, sides are very steep remember i said dhankund is the highest point in this particular area from where you can actually have 360 degree re- uh, view so it is on a much higher range than dalhousie so one needs to be very careful while doing this trek especially during the rainy season that's some uh, good points and uh, looks like a very interesting trek also uh, i mean uh, you also get yourself acquainted with some of the local folklore there uh, both of the dian kund as well as um, poloni mata right so that mm-hmm. way it's a very interesting trek um, and then talking a little bit more about uh, these treks uh, did you have a chance to, uh, to go on any of the other treks in the vicinity or uh, would you suggest people uh, do any other treks in the vicinity minakshi uh sure um there is another trek which goes uh, over the peaks from dainkun onwards you can actually go to a place called jhot okay you can also trek down to kajiar from dainkun which takes about i guess 4 hours you can also trek uh, from uh, dainkun to chamba you can also trek from uh, bakrota hill to dainkun it is another beautiful trek 
Dainkund is actually the whole uh, region is known as singing hills. It is because the trees produce some melodious sounds, you know, as winds blow past the woods. So as the you know the winds ruffle the leaves of the pine, the oaks, and the other trees. it sort of produces a rhythmic sound <laughs> very interesting uh, especially for us uh, city dwellers right uh, who are uh, so so devoid of um, any kind of calm for that matter right the only kind of music we hear day in and day out is these uh, honking, uh, yeah honking, honking. Like cars <laughs> and trucks and everybody honking so that's the only music we listen to but it's um, very heartwarming to hear that uh, one can uh, expect to listen to some melodious tunes that are made by the whistling winds of the uh, around trees, the hills yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, especially uh, you know just before the rainy season uh, that is when you can uh, literally you know it is very soothing you can actually listen as if you know uh, there's a tune being played uh, as the winds blow so that uh, that is the reason why these hills are known as the singing hills so that is another track which uh, i would definitely recommend there is a place called ala uh, which is famous for its potato uh, uh, you know farming mm. okay so you can actually trek from ala to dainpur mm. so this is mm. the easiest trek uh, and it offers beautiful views but though it is a bit dangerous um, <laughs> a lot of wild animals have been spotted here from snow leopard to the other animals oh my god wow okay yeah <laughs> So it makes it a little, a little adventurous also. Yeah. In that case. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, some adventure into the uh, life. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely. Um, I mean, been almost like in the lap of nature, right? From the way you've been uh, describing it, as well as the different instances we have uh, seen in terms of uh, beautiful pictures. Also, it it almost feels like you are in the lap of nature. But uh, while we are also in the lap of nature, one tends to feel uh, hungry from time to time doing all these treks, right? Uh, uh, so, what was your experience with food, uh, Minakshi? Ah, uh, you you get all sorts of food. You actually get a duplicate version of McDonald's burger there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know whether I should be happy about it or uh, sad about it, but yeah, Faisal looks happy. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you you actually get all sorts of food. You get your you know hot piping momos. You get uh, the chaat. You get uh, golgappe if you want the the pani puri. Ah, uh, you you get everything. You get uh, Himachali food. There are a couple of restaurants which are really good, like the quality restaurant at Gandhi Chowk. He they prepare a particular type of noodles, and it's really good. I I guess they call. I really don't remember, but I I guess it is known as the Singapore noodles. I'm not very sure. Okay, okay. Are those yellow ones? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been yeah, quite long, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Because the ship sagar here in Bangalore uh-huh. has these uh, Singapore noodles that at least are my favorite. Uh-huh. So it has a lot of dry fruit in it. It's okay. bright yellow, and I don't know. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, food-wise, uh, people will not have much of a problem. The tourists will not have much of a problem because you always get um, every kind of food in Dalhousie. Nice. You 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 have lots of coffee coffee shops uh, which are coming up now. So that way, you know, Dalhousie is uh, well stocked uh, for a foodie traveler. Right, right. So that's wonderful. I think it makes it a perfect retreat because yeah. you can enjoy the nature. Plus, yeah. you're not deprived of the food options. So yes. Yeah. Remember, I was talking about this Ala trek to uh, Dainpur. Right. right. So there right. is this right. one particular shop uh, called the Atma Ram Ka Dukan. Okay. Uh, this person has been living there for decades now. 
that mm-hmm. is the only shop you will find in the vicinity uh, in in that mm-hmm. whole area he caters to more than 35 to 40 villages down you go go at any time he'll dish out you know hot chai parathas and those um, dooth peda mm-hmm. oh my god these dooth pedas are like very famous because uh, he sources the milk from these hamlets really pure even the chai tastes so good Uh, oh, um, of wonderful. course you always have the maggi which tastes much better when in the hills even without the important vegetables in that it tastes awesome dalhousie is like well stocked that way for a foodie traveler okay yeah. wonderful i guess um, faiza has uh, one problem sorted out in that case <laughs> oh yeah she goes yeah, to yeah. a place she's always uh, wondering about uh, what food options it has to offer but yeah thank you it's been i think um, a very very wholesome trip especially for um, us city dwellers who are uh, looking always to get away from this r- routine from this grind uh, from this constant honking and uh, yeah the unsavory kind of uh, uh, music or uh, singing and uh, thank you for laying out, laying this out so well minakshi is there is there more to the place that you'd like to add Um honestly I can actually go on and on about Dalhousie <laughs> because uh, I have lived almost 365 plus 365 days over there okay somewhere okay. yeah so uh, but then I guess we need to stop somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, uh, but then before going uh, uh, you know before you actually get out of Dalhousie you need to grab a few bottles of the Himachali Himachali chuk okay what What's is that uh, Himachali chuk is uh, the pickle which they make Oh okay. They make out of flowers, exotic flowers and ferns over there. And you also get exotic wines made of, you know, all sorts of rhododendron and then you have the fern wines, you have the pineapple wines. You get uh, exotic wines and chuk uh, which are a must have. And I think it's the first time I'm hearing a pickle out of uh, flowers and ferns. Oh, that sounds <laughs> okay. exotic. They, they also make some chutneys with flowers over there. These make for good souvenirs. seriously yeah yeah they they make for good souvenirs over there and uh, another tip is always carry an umbrella because uh, uh, as i always say the weather in the hills is as unpredictable as human beings okay <laughs> <laughs> so you need to carry the uh, an umbrella with you always throughout the year but otherwise dalhousie is an excellent place unlike the other crowded hill stations however visit only if you're not a shopaholic you know that is how i can sum up uh, this wonderful place called dalhousie thank you so much minakshi and uh, i think i've mentioned this last time as well when i was talking to you but i would like to put it on to our, all our listeners that guys please go ahead and check out minakshi's blog at least i loved e- reading it so it was wonderful and i especially loved that picture where you've taken it from that one particular point in different uh, weather conditions <laughs> that's a wonderful picture i think it's taken from your window you were saying yeah. last time i spoke to you yeah. yeah so that just gives an insight into how beautiful the place is so thank you so much for being a part of the musafir stories and sharing this beautiful place with us uh, thanks a lot faiza and thanks a lot saif uh, before i sign off just two lines sure yes, there's sure, a huge please. scarcity of uh, space and water in the in these mountains mm-hmm. so uh-huh. let let us be very responsible when we are visiting this particular place you know the residents actually buy water over there so there is a huge scarcity of water in these mountains and there is a particular saying in himachal where they say the youth and the water of the mountains are never used for the benefit of the mountains as such because they flow down to the plains so whenever you are actually you know visiting these places or as tourists let us be a bit more responsible you know with using water and not wasting water etc let us also be a responsible tourist 
Absolutely. On that very uh, profound note, I think uh, it was very deep and uh, very real too. If if we want to maintain the beauty of uh, places like this, uh, I think it absolutely calls for um, us show, uh, us showing uh, more maturity and being more responsible so that we can uh, save and preserve this for uh, future generations as well, and uh, not just tell them stories about these uh, beautiful places. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for these words, Minakshi. You're welcome. Thanks a lot for having me here. Thank you. That was yet another great episode of The Bizarre Stories. If you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Savan, Pocket Casts, Castbox, Stitcher, or any other podcasting app available on iOS or Android. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in the show's discoverability. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We go by the handle The Bizarre Stories. Or, if it suits you, you could email us at themosafirstories at gmail.com or visit our website at www.themosafirstories.com for more information. All of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode. So here's to more traveling, sharing and inspiring. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, happy travels and goodbye. At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at american.edu/gradschool.